0: Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, September 30, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Oh boy, we have a ton of stuff to go over today. You're going to learn stuff today, whether you like it or not. We're going to learn new stuff We're going to relearn old stuff. We're going to have a blast. couple of housekeeping items right out of the chute. A, it's the end of the quarter. Is that real meaningful for our purposes here? Well, in some respects, yes. We get another candle close on the monthly chart. Here is the monthly chart. Can that be a top? It's possible it's a top. It's not definitive. We don't need the monthly chart to figure out where we are. We get more information from the weekly chart at the close of the week, so we'll check this one out on Friday. What's jumping off the page on the daily chart? How about the gap at 338.82? We talked about that gap for a few days. Nobody thought the market would get to that gap. All of a sudden, we had a recocking of the gun with the debate last night. And by the way, why was the market up or down today? Well, obviously because of the debate. Here's what happened after or during the debate. The market actually ran down to fill this gap here but did it in the futures market. Then today, they turned around and they went for the gap up north, 338.82. Did they fill the gap? No, they didn't. They came up short. The high today was 338.29. Then they had a pretty slick turnaround. There's a couple of things working that we need to discuss. A, Where's the market, and is there any trouble? Are they going to leave the gap alone? Can they go fill the gap? Well, let's check out where they are. Forget about the tail candle that goes up near the gap. Just assume that the market did the same thing it did over the last couple of days. It's basically trading underneath the convergence of the 50 and the 20 period moving average. What do we do with that? Well, there's one way to read that. The way is, until and unless they start trading away in the southern direction, they're building energy to make another push higher. Now, they had another push higher today. They didn't make it to the gap. That's courtesy of the Trick, Trap, Fool, and Frustrate crew. Who are they? They're the folks that have to make sure that as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. If we know they're lurking it's not so bad, they get us less often. We'll get to that when we get to inside the numbers. What do we do with this piece of information? So they're hovering underneath the convergence of the moving averages, they run up to fill the gap, they have a near miss, turn around back below the moving averages. On its face, that's bearish. Could be just shenanigans, a little bit of rope-a-dope mixed in, certainly. But on its face, if we're just looking at it Painting by the numbers from where I sit, that's bearish. It's an attempt at the gap, and then it's a failure to get back below the moving averages and close down there. That's not bullish. That's bearish. If, in fact, it is bearish, what does that mean going forward? What do we project going forward? Well, if that's the case, then we're watching again for the same spot or general area that we've been focused on on the downside for the last couple of days. Let's call it yesterday's low right now, which is 331.62. You begin getting hourly closes, even 15-minute candle closes below that number, and guess what? They're headed, and the door is open to go fill the gap. What if they open below that number in the morning, Thursday morning? They're going to fill the gap. What happens if they get below the gap and they start closing hourly below the gap? And the gap we're discussing right now is this one where the closing price in this candle is 328.73. That's your gap. If they got below that number, where would they be heading? Remember the important number. Right, it's still on the board for a reason, 323.41. What about the other side? What happens if they're pushing higher in the morning headed toward the gap, or better yet, even opening above the gap, they're not going to stop at the gap, they're going to keep going. That would open the door for 343 in the SPY. It would put the ES and the cash index clearly inside of 3400. That's both sides, that's the schematic. Speaking of schematics, we talked about a couple of other things. We talked about the bigger schematic, which is the market runs up to a top, which it did, it pulls back to a some kind of a bottom, which it did, and then it starts back up, and whether it makes new highs or not, we don't know, but it starts back up, and it can stay in this type of, we'll call it condition, for a while. We know that. What about another schematic? What about the schematic that looks like this? The market runs up to a top, and then it really just collapses back down. Now, nothing goes in a straight line, so on the way down, it does this anyway, but ultimately... That scenario is not necessarily off the table. What about what's going on from a much shorter-term perspective? So here, the market makes a bottom down here, so we'll call that a rally off the bottom. The market makes some kind of an interim top. Maybe that happened today. It pulls back, fills the gap maybe, and then starts back up again in one of our A, B, C patterns. C would complete above today's high in that scenario that's also on the table these are more of awareness type things we just want to have an awareness of the bigger picture schematic we don't necessarily need to focus on those during the trading day but we need to have an awareness of where the market is as it relates to the longer term charts net net what are we watching out for early Thursday for example on the north side We're watching for the gap. If they're pushing higher, are they over the gap? Are they going to get the gap? That would be bullish behavior. However, on the flip side, we're watching for if they're pushing lower. If the trap door opened up a little bit, we have the gap down south. And then below that, we have our 323.41 still should be important. Let's get over to inside the numbers. There's important stuff in here. There's reading the tape stuff in here that if you're active in the markets during the day, you need this stuff. If you have this stuff on your own, great, but you need this stuff. Just some recognition in the pre-market commentary, we had the debate, the market was up, it was down, it was basically all around. Volatility is here, traders dream, right here. That's what we got today. And here's that gap getting filled down south, thieves in the night. We know how that works. Moving right along. So here we have the early thoughts. We have an overnight low to deal with. We have a big fat round number of 3,300. They spiked it overnight, 3,291 and a quarter. We have the awareness that if they killed them at the open, that they would go visit that general area. Then we had the flip side. We always have to have both sides. Why is that? Because we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. The other side up north is the overnight high. 3363 now that wasn't necessarily last night's high that was the high from the night before i knew that i didn't correct it it didn't make any difference the number was important we need to know where the breakdown points are why pay attention to this because we know markets like to run a test or recapture of breakdown or break up areas where's the one from last night around es 3333 Running a test would be normal garden variety market behavior. You know the routine. Focus on this for a moment. Here's a 15-minute chart. There's 333.30. That's the corresponding SPY number. Now, check this out. You know the routine. 15-minute chart. The market opens up right below that number. We cited the gap down below. They didn't fill the gap. However, they rally all day, and they come back to do what? At the end of the day, they came right back to check in at that same area. Now, remember this. It was on the board bright and early. These numbers are no accident or coincidence. Moving right along. Now, they staged the rally before the opening bell. We know about that. We've already looked at the chart. But we don't care. As long as we can read the tape, we don't care which way they're going. Now, let's get the day underway. We're scrolling up. Because they're opening in the same spot, we're noticing that they're in the same spot that they were for the last two days. 334.50 to 335 is resistance. Now, here's where you have to pay attention. Here's where it really gets interesting. What did we talk about yesterday? We talked about how you trade a breakout, for example, above the hourly chart eat time off the clock for two-day pattern that they've been putting in where 335 was the breakout area. We talked about it yesterday. How do you do that? We'll get back to that. Let's move on. And what you'll see here is that the market, well, you already know this because you watch the market presumably today, the market started pushing above 335. Here it is, no mystery. Above 335, the bulls are trying to break out to do the northern stuff. Remember the overnight highs, 3,363. And then above that, we know about the gap. The gap is on the table. Now, here's an important one. This is the reading the tape stuff. The 9.59 post, showtime for the bulls. Are they here just to run another test? This is around 335, the highs from the last two days. Or after all that yesterday and overnight where they dipped down below to fill the gap when nobody was looking, you know, the thieves in the night. Did they do all that stuff to be back up there for another failure or did they do it to bust through? Well, the reading the tape stuff is they're here to bust through. The evidence is closing candles above the high. That's it. Moving right along. 10.05 and there they go. 3.36.50, give or take, should be some resistance. The bulls are in charge. Breakout after two plus days of trying is not a joke. There are higher prices on the docket as long as they stay above 335 and there were. The prize, 338.81. Now, they didn't get there, but we have something for that later on. We have a recipe for the not getting there a little bit later. And by the way, what I urge you to do is look at the notes, read the notes, write down the numbers, go back to the chart, and see what happened to price in and around the numbers that you see here. 3.36.30 was a high against 3.36.50, which should be resistance. And here's a five-minute chart right at the vertical today's activity. You know the routine. And here you go. 3.36.50 would be resistance. Here's a high up here of 3.36.60. And then they have a pullback, a shallow pullback. The low is 3.35.67. We'll call it 10 points in the ES for argument's sake. And then they start back up. That's bullish behavior. When the resistance point basically just sends the market sideways, more or less, for a while, that's bullish behavior. And we're moving right along. We're talking about the convergence of the moving averages. This was off the daily chart. We talked about that last night. While they were above that, that was bullish. We already talked about the fact that they failed and got back below it, so we'll leave that alone for now. Then we're looking for one of those mid-morning to late-morning pivot highs, They'll eat some time off the clock and run sideways, or they'll have a real pullback. But that's what we're looking for. Back to the five-minute chart. Here's a pivot at 11.30. That was a little one. They continued higher. Here's another pivot at about 12.30. That's a little bit past late morning, but it's close enough. Then they even went higher, and that's where they failed on their way to the gap. Stay tuned. We have a recipe for that. So therefore, we're moving right along. So here, at just short of 1230, they're just doing the thing. The target is 338.82. There was plenty of meat on the bone once they broke above 335. There was something for everybody. You can pause the video, read the notes at your leisure. I urge you to do that. 207, food for thought. Traders who are long the market looking for the gap as a target. Keep in mind, it is unlikely they get there before Trick and Company shows up to remind everyone it's not that easy. Read that line three times. Sometimes they come up short, other times they spike through. Each time, we don't know which one it will be. When you're treating this as a business, you have to take profit along the way because you never know if they're gonna reach your target. When they do reach your target, the pro trader has the smallest, last piece of their position on. They've booked profit along the way. Why is that? Because that's how we treat it as a business. That's how we find success by constantly putting money in our pocket. You can't look for the home run every time. You end up striking out most of the time. Moving right along. At 225, the high was made at 338.29 this is what we're talking about in terms of coming up short and a visit by trick and company and here you go this is why we take profit along the way moving right along now at 232 we'll go back to the charts in a moment at 232 i know what you're thinking or should be thinking is that a reversal candle on the hourly chart technically it is with volume behind it how much lower can they go that's the trick Now, here's where the reading the tape stuff comes in. They're still good above 335. Traders can be short against the high, but they must have the complete understanding that an hourly close above 338.29, they'll fill the gap and the trade would be wrong because they're likely to keep going, moving right along. And there goes into the end of the day, the last hour of the day, it's an anything goes scenario. Let's go back to the charts and walk through exactly what happened. Before we do that, let's not forget to discuss inside the numbers Stocks on the Move. Let's go right over to Stocks on the Move and cover these charts before I forget. I forgot a couple of times over the last week. So Dell, 6720 was a number bright and early on the board. And you can see what happened. There's no mystery here. The low of day happened to be 6717. This is a fine display of the numbers work. The high made into the end of the day was, I believe, 67.80. What was the exact high? 67.88. Painting by the numbers, they did the deal. Funny how that works, isn't it? How about WDC? So there was a couple of things going on with WDC. Getting its haircut at the open, 37.58 was a number put on the board bright and early, along with a second target. So as we can see, the 37.58 was important. But they got below it and they couldn't get back above it. Only by a few pennies a few times. They went down to the second number, but the second number was 36.46. What was the low? 36.47. And that's when they started back up. So the second number got front run by a penny. They hovered around the first number. This trade is essentially a scratch about SHLL this was an interesting duck today at the time this happened I was out and about so I didn't see it and it's a good thing I didn't see it so what happened was this thing's going along going along going along and then out of the blue somebody opens the trap door and they fall right through now here's the interesting thing if you just painted by the numbers and you took the trade half at the first number half at the second number And I'm not saying this is easy to do. I'm just saying if you did and you painted by the numbers and you abided by the hourly stop, it turned out it was a great trade. It made a high over here of 51.75 after all the shenanigans down south. Not saying anybody did that. I'm not saying it would have been easy. I'm just saying, painting by the numbers, the hourly close was 48.50. They never closed an hour below 48.50. Crazy ride for sure. However, it was one of the stocks on the move. We take a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. Another word on stocks on the move. This is the end of September, the quarter end. Why else is that important? Because we're going to get into earnings season again in a couple of weeks. The trades will come fast and furious. Inside the numbers, we have something for everybody. We have something for S&P traders. We have something for equity traders or stocks on the move traders. And when you get into earnings season, you want to participate if you're a stock on the move trader. Here's the hourly chart of the SPY again. Just to reiterate, let's clean this up a little bit. We don't need the line. We had the eating time off the clock pattern from yesterday. So we had the flagpole and we had the flag formation, okay? Then we had the breakout above 335. Once they broke out above 335, traders could be long looking for the gap. How do you know you're wrong when they get below or back below 335? Now, ideally, and we talked about this yesterday, ideally, this is what you would have liked to see. The problem is, that Mrs. Market doesn't always give you exactly what you want, but nevertheless, this is the textbook way to trade a breakout. So there's your consolidation. You're eating time off the clock, and they break out above 335. Ideally, they come back to run a test. It gets supported, and they take off from there. Now, we've seen that happen many, many times. just didn't happen today. They came back at the end of the day. There's your 335. Here's a five-minute chart again. And there's your end of the day. They spike 335 and they pop back up. There's a bull bear battle at 335. Then they give it up again and they rally back by the end of the day. But look where the candle closed. We'll even switch over to the daily chart for the official close, 334.89. If in fact, 335 was important and they ran up, spiked it, and then closed below it. Is that more evidence that it's bearish behavior versus bullish behavior? And the answer is yes. Remember the high from the other day? The high was 334.96. Okay, they closed below 335, and they also closed below 334.96. Again, I don't think any of these numbers are an accident or a coincidence. I think the market is 100% in tune with, with the numbers what's going on over in camp IWM well here's what I see what's jumping off the page on the daily chart with the IWM is this they came a lot less close to the corresponding gap if you will and here it is up here the price is 153.29 they came a lot less close to that gap today than the SPY came to its gap again the IWM is my favorite market leading indicator Now, it was only down 44 cents or about a third of 1% today. We're not going to make a federal case out of that, but... We are going to take a puzzle piece and put it on the table for the fact that they tried to get to their gap. Their gap's farther away. They didn't come as close, and they went back down. So I think that's more evidence of more bearish behavior until and unless we see the IWM take a leadership role. If it's a leading index in the northern or southern direction, until and unless they take a leadership role in the bull case, then there's no dice. What about our friend over at the RSP, the Equal Weight Index? Well, not much to do here, up one-half of 1%. The S&P 500 at the end of the day was up about eight-tenths of 1% on the day. So this was up less than that, but it's not enough of a divergence. It's not enough of anything for us to make a federal case out of this either. It really looks very similar in terms of the chart. So what we'll do is move it along. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Now, here's a different story. Why were the transports down six-tenths of 1% today over 70 points when the S&P 500 finished the day up 27 points, eight-tenths of 1%? Why is that? Well, remember, this is my second favorite market-leading indicator, so this definitely is a puzzle piece, and it's absolutely on the table. And why are they giving up the 20-period moving average? They didn't have to do that. They could have been above the 20-period moving average if they were going to portray bullish behavior. They finished below the 20-period moving average. It's another notch in the bear camp. Second favorite market-leading indicator, down on the day, puzzle piece on the table. The Silicon Valley folks, they're still above the 20-period moving average and the 50, the convergence of the two. So again, We're not going to make a case out of this either, but an interesting question which turns into a puzzle piece is, how come one of the growth indices where money flows to grow, the Qs, the IWM, a lot of the growth-type stocks are within this index, why was that only up one-third of one percent today? Why was the S&P up more? If the market was really rallying, wouldn't the Qs and the IWM be up more than they were? Again, puzzle piece on the table can't make a trade off that information but these are all things that get thrown into the bucket we stir them around with a big ore and out comes the picture on the other end xlf holding up pretty well today the question is are you still in the xlf and the answer is i'm still in half of the xlf next question when are you going to sell the xlf well there's two spots if they go up north, I'm going to sell it at the next gap, probably right in front of the next gap. Here's the gap, 2468. So I'll sell it somewhere in the 2450 or above neighborhood. Not looking to marry this thing, it was a trade. Remember the weekly chart. I'm not comfortable betting this thing's going to take off like a rocket. What about the other side? What happens if it goes down? I'll sell it north of where I entered the trade. This way, this happens. It's a risk-free, emotionless trade right now and I can't lose any money. I've already made money because I booked half the profit in my pocket already. Worst case scenario is the remaining 50% of the position gets punched out a couple of pennies above the entry price. That's it. Do I treat these trades much different than stocks on the move? Not a lot. The only difference in a swing trade is you're going off a longer term chart and you have to give it some time. Why is that? Because time is more important than price. We all knew that was coming. Smash mouth, flat today, down five cents. We're not going to make anything out of that. We can't make anything out of that. We're not going to read into that. What we're going to do is pull the ripcord and say, have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? True and accurate information. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. Therefore, I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.